I remember reading other people's success stories and thinking, gosh, why is it so easy for them? Why is it so easy for everybody else? And it's so hard for us, you know, but it's just so just it's just so worth not giving up because it will absolutely pay off. Just so you know, this never happens. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, they, he's like, they don't normally call you, make the appointment and sign the contract all on the same the day. same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to do this interview because you guys are from my old stomping grounds in the yes. Detroit market. But it's exciting to to be on here with some fellow Detroiters. So thanks for being here, guys. Yeah, absolutely. And you're a husband-wife combo? We are. Great, great. So why don't you tell us how you got your starts? And what I really want to find out is from when you first found out about wholesaling to when you decided to really take action and get on the phones and make offers, what was that time frame like? And what was that transition and transition like going from learning to doing mm-hmm. yeah you want me to yeah, take the lead the, yeah he's the mastermind um, behind this whole idea of wholesaling so <laughs> i was uh not very happy with my day job like most of the people that get into wholesaling real estate and uh you know we had recently had kids and and you know was missing out on a lot so was constantly on YouTube trying to figure out side hustles. I, I looked into like uh, like e-com and affiliate marketing and and uh, like Shopify uh, drop shipping type stuff. And um, never really got too excited about that stuff. Tried to get into it, but just didn't get too excited about it. And then when I heard about wholesaling, it just it just clicked. And I was already flipping cars, so I kind of applied, you know, getting good deals on decent cars and, and flipping them. So, and I would say that the time frame probably took about. I would say like, I, I pretty much started like making calls right away. I was looking at like Craigslist for sale by owner. I was mm-hmm. calling uh, realtors, but I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, it really didn't start to click and, and and really start working until we started driving for dollars and sending direct mail. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I would say it took about 10 months to get our first deal. Mm, good. Okay. Yeah. So you put in some effort for a while before you saw your first deal. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I like that you had mentioned that you came from, you know, other areas of flipping, you know, flipping is one of those principles where if you can learn the principle of flipping and then you learn about houses, it's like night and day from anything else. So like for me, my, my kids, I teach my kids how to start small with flipping things like phones or whatever things on eBay, watch, we flip watches and more than anything, I want, I want to teach my kids. And this goes for everybody who wants to get into this type of industry if you can learn the idea around making a low offer and consistency and just volume in the offer process. So like I tell my, I tell my kids, and this is before they had gotten too much rejection and had fear around it, that they would just, they would just take people who had like iPhones for sale on Facebook and they would just offer like 50% of whatever they were asking, not even knowing if that was a deal, just knowing that if they're asking this price, if I offer them half, it's probably a deal and so just kind of to reiterate, to help them understand that there's such thing as a motivated seller, there's mm-hmm. such thing as a great deal, and there's such thing as another buyer willing to buy that thing for more. And if you really kind of break it down, that's a very simple concept to grasp that doesn't need to be overly complicated. We tend to complicate it. Uh, so if you were flipping cars, then I imagine coming into the house space was like, same sort of idea, but a lot more zeros involved, right? More more money to be made with houses. Yeah, for sure. Our mind was blown when we 
got that first check. And then we also found a, a local mentor as well. That's a huge, that's definitely a huge piece of advice to anybody. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. Um, I know Eric Stark really well. He's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> he probably would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he, he helped us a lot. Yeah. So you found a local mentor and that was helpful. Mm-hmm. And this was, this was all happening like during COVID, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, you got, you got started then and let's talk about that first deal. So you did a, you did your first deal and it was a $25,000 assignment, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And was yep. that uh, on market, that deal? Nope. That was just, uh, it was a driving for dollars lead that we sent a postcard to. Yeah. And what city was that in? Do you remember? St. Clair Shores. Okay. St. Clair Shores. Great. Yep. Typical, typical St. Clair Shores, brick ranch, yep, thousand, exactly. square, thousand square feet, you basement, basement garage. Yep. All the things. I always yep. look for if they have the original windows still. And I know that's a lead. <laughs> gotcha. They got when, the metal windows. When you're doing your driving for dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that deal. So you're driving for dollars. You found this, this house that looked like it was, was it vacant or what, what flagged you that it was distressed? It, it just looked outdated. It actually was, was kept up on, but just really outdated. Um, You know, original windows, the roof wasn't bad, but little overgrown uh original windows really stuck out to me um and i and the light uh anytime i see the the light on and it's daylight you know the the porch light mm-hmm. um so i i added the lead sent the postcard and the gentleman called me on a sunday a uh, really nice older gentleman and he had been staying with his girlfriend for for years and just going there one day a week on mail day to to check his mail and check on the house and um it was just really outdated. Like it was really kept up on in good shape. And, and some of the HVAC had been updated, electrical, uh, AC unit, the the roof, but like the kitchen, the bath, you know, carpet was all really mostly original. Yeah. yeah. And he wasn't renting the property. It was just vacant. No, nope, it was just vacant. It was his parents' home that he inherited. It, it came up owner occupied. It came up owner occupied, but he, he wasn't really lit. He was just, like I said, he'd just come by once a week, check on it, get the mail, had the neighbors looking at it. Um, he was staying with his girlfriend. Now, and, was your uh, driving, yeah. tell me about your driving for dollar strategy. Was it you would drive, get a list, and then send each address a postcard? Yeah, I uh, I use Deal Machine and would try to add like fifty to hundred leads a day. Um, I would go go driving in the morning after I dropped the kids off at school, and yeah, I, I would uh, as soon as I would at the end of the the week or or sometimes even right on the spot if it was a really hot one, yeah. I would just hit send, you know, the mail right there on the spot. Um, but then I would go through them, you know, a couple times a month and, and send more mail out. Um, okay. to be honest, I really wasn't keeping track of it the way I, way I should, <laughs> but, uh, just, you know, kind of random. Um, but yeah, he called on, on a Sunday and ended up going over there same day. Cause he, he was motivated. We talked to price and we were in the same ballpark, went there same day, got the contract signed same day. Eric was like, just so you know, this never happens. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> He's like, they don't normally call you, make the appointment and sign the contract all on the all same on the day. same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and, great. Uh, yeah. Worked out really well. Were you, were you also um, skip tracing and calling addresses or just doing the direct mail? Yep. Yep. We were okay. doing some, uh, doing some skip tracing and some cold okay. calling as well. And yeah. then, uh, and that was really how it got started for us. And and we just kept going with that and, and follow, follow up was big key. Um, for, for most of the deals. Then we got our second deal a couple months later was 35 grand. 
Mm. And then after that one, we were consistently doing it. And that time was like a great time to, yeah. you know, yeah. 2020. Um, I mean, the, you know, and Eric was a huge help in getting more out of the assignment fees than I probably would have got without him. Yeah. Using his buyer's list was crucial to yeah. those big deals for sure. Um, so he, so, you took his yeah. deals to his buyer's list. Yeah, yep. we ended up yeah. splitting each deal 50 50 gotcha. uh, for the first, yeah. I think, six deals. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He introduced us to the title company that we used for the first uh, dozen deals we did. Mm -hmm. um, he, he brought us in there in person, introduced us. Um, and then his buyers list, a lot of uh, most of his main buyers he introduced us to. And then he said, you know, we can keep splitting deals until you guys are comfortable enough, if you, till you feel you're good enough to go, go out on your own. And so we did that for five or six deals and right. we're still, still keep in touch. And yeah. And, yeah. Still yeah. Sure. yeah. That's so, yeah, they just started getting more consistent about one, one to two a month. And, uh, and there, there's a couple of dry months here and there. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I, then I thought to go out to Bloomfield Hills, mm -hmm. um, cause I was just thinking bigger deals. And I just know yeah. there's, there's, you know, established older neighborhoods out there, but with higher values. Mm -hmm. Um, so we just went driving around and, and we, found a really big deal out there. That was a, a three property package deal um, owned by a church. And we made 77,000 on that one. So that was huge. And, uh, and so then we took the money from that and we invested into doing a TV commercial. The, the TV commercial definitely upped the, the deal flow. Yeah. So let's talk about the TV commercial. That's fascinating. So how do you track TV commercial? You, so you're spending the money on the ad and then you get leads how do you know that it's working, not working? What are your metrics you look at? I pretty much just always ask when the phone rings. I mean, typically if it's an inbound lead, I pretty much know it's either going to be direct mail or the TV commercial. Yeah. And it's usually always, always the commercial. Every now and then I'll get a call from a postcard. Um, but I just, you know, I ask them if they've seen the commercial and I'll, I'll write it down that that's where it came from and, uh, and then go from there. And they, they're, they're typically pretty motivated. Uh, you know, just like any other lead, sometimes they, you know, think it's, worth way more than it is, but uh, a little bit more motivated than you, you know, reaching out to them out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, inbound's always going to be more, there's going to be higher intent with inbound than outbound. So yeah. anytime you create an inbound lead, you're going to get a much higher motivated person mm -hmm. than you calling out. Right. Yeah. So and the people yeah. that do the commercial for us, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. The people that do the commercial, I was trying to better answer your question. Yeah. They, they, uh, um, keep track of a lot of that yeah, for us, like you know, stuff. keep, keep track of, okay. you know, and where, you know, how many calls are coming in and, and when they're coming in and, and, uh, and things like that. So we can go in and look at like the dashboard and, and see. And okay. Track it. I mean, that's fantastic that you're, you know, trying these things, you're testing, you're, you're honing in your skills. I, I love all of that. That's great. So good, good job, you guys. That's amazing. Thank you. Really cool. Yeah. So since you stopped JVing with Eric, what's been your main way to get cash buyers now? How are you finding on the dispo? So I'm kind of the dispo person of this. All right. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so usually he does the acquisition, I do the disposition. Um, I find myself going to, uh, actually, I think you're in the group, Metro Detroit Real Estate Investors Group mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. Facebook. I um, have met a lot of legit buyers from that group for sure. Um, yeah. I've also yeah. learned throughout other groups that not everybody is a serious buyer and you really got to gotta vet who you're you know, sending your deals to. Mm -hmm. um, 
so I have like an email, um, like blast list that mm-hmm. I got from that Facebook group, which is yep. a bunch of buyers. But as people see me posting deals, I actually, I think it was just yesterday. I got two calls from really prominent buyers in the Detroit area, um, reaching out to me, not even interested. They're like, yeah, I saw your deal in East point that you just posted, but I'm not really interested in it, but we put me on your list. And now mm-hmm. I'm starting to get those calls where they're like, Hey, add me, add me, add me. And I'm like, sure, sure, sure. You know? So, yeah, yeah. that's great. You know, know, Jessica, I think you guys are doing it right. I think uh, I think the female role in Dispo is really powerful because the cash buyers in the marketplace, you know, they're they're investors. Some of them have been doing it a while. They're either heavy in the landlording or they're flippers and they want a deal. So they're going to try to beat you up on a deal. And and if you're able to play to their ego a little bit, you know, like, Oh, you're so amazing. You're, you're the best flipper in town. They tend to soften a lot more and oh, they, yeah. they won't be so aggressive with you as they would for, let's say with Brian, they'd be way I more aggressive. Agree. Yeah, yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. Sure. Especially yep. if you're able to navigate some of that ego and, and, and play to it a little bit, if you know what I mean? Like, I think they're surprised when I'm not a pushover too. Uh, Eric yeah. Starr calls me a bulldog because I don't take no crap from anybody. So <laughs> he always, uh, he's always surprised that, you know, like, for example, this is, this is a good example. Um, like Brian's like a yes, man. He will say yes to anything. You need something. Yes, absolutely. So when it comes to like people who have things in their house, um, you know, like he's like, yeah, we'll help you move. No problem. In the beginning, he was doing all of that. We were going there. We were putting on our outfits and going to work. You know, he was paying our nephew to come help him move out. We've moved hoarder houses, like doing it ourselves. And then I said, this is crazy. Why are you doing this? You know? So he's like, yeah, you know, we can offer to help you move. And I'm like, but it's going to cost you because we'll take it out of the proceeds. No problem. You know, (laughs) rather than doing that stuff for free, you know, we're just, we can help you with that. And it'll just come out at the end. You don't have to pay up front, but you know, it'll, it'll be your, your contribution to help yourself in the end. Cause we aren't doing it for free anymore. You know? Yeah. That's so, great. Well, it sounds like yeah. you guys are a great team together. You're bringing your gifts together and that's much better with time too. Yeah. yeah. In the beginning, there was a lot of growing pains in the beginning. A lot. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like now that we kind of have our roles, like where we really, mm-hmm. I like doing the behind the scenes, the computer stuff. Like I, I like doing that. I like dealing with the, the uh, title agency. Mm. I like that part of it. I like dealing with the buyers. He's great at going on an appointment. He can turn an appointment into a deal. I would say probably eight out of 10 times. That's awesome. I think so. I think it's better than that. He does pretty good. Well, but that's important. I think in in a partnership, whether it's a husband, wife or whatever partnership, you really want to make it so that the, the one plus one equals three or, you know, more. Yeah. Because if you're both doing, if you're both, if it's just two people sharing the responsibilities, then you're really just splitting. You're really doing, you could do half as many deals and make just as much right now. You're a couple. Yeah. So it all ends up in the same account probably. But, yeah. but my point though, is if you really want to be efficient, then you want to take, you know, Brian, bring his gifts to the table and Jessica, you bring your, and when you come together, the synergy actually does more than you would individually on your own. And that's when you know, you've got a great partnership. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, that's so exciting. I'm so happy for you guys. You're you're doing so amazing in the first couple of years in the business. And, you know, I I'm just really proud of you guys for taking action. Uh, one of the things that you told Jessica before the interview was, 
that when you were like watching my YouTube videos, you really appreciated just how direct and concise like the information is. Oh yeah. So I, I really try to do that. I'm glad that you were able to take some of that information and, and apply it and, and see some so results. So much of your information. Absolutely. So much of it comes from your information, I gotta tell you. And Thank actually, you. we uh we switched over all of our contracts to have your investor disclosure as well. Oh, good. Um because it's just perfect. Yeah. It just it's just perfect. And we file an affidavit and memorandum uh-huh. on every contract. I got that from you. Thank you, Jerry Norton. Yeah. <laughs> I think what you guys are doing is exactly the way that you should be growing a real estate business, being open to expanding into some fix and flip. I think that's really great. You're going to learn so much through raising capital, managing contractors, but that's all part of your progression. You know, like wholesaling, wholesaling can stay the the main thing. That's fine. Or it can be a springboard into other things. It's really whatever vision you have for the business. But I feel like my honest opinion is that you really need to learn how to raise capital and structure capital. And that opens up so many doors in real estate to go yeah. on and do even bigger things and, and lots of things, you know, so it, it doesn't keep you limited. It allows you to expand in the business. Yeah. Well, Brian and Jessica, let me ask you, you know, here in closing, um, if you were to give somebody advice that's getting started, maybe working on their first deal, what would you tell them? Um, I would say pro- progress, not perfection. Just just make sure you're taking action every day. Just take mm-hmm. daily imperfect action every day. And uh, yeah, just write that on your board. Progress, not perfection. Just stay at it. Be consistent. Don't give up no matter how long it takes. You'll eventually get there and it'll start to snowball eventually. Yeah. I mean, you guys, it took 10 months to get your first deal and yeah, look how well you're doing now. But what? imagine if you gave up on month six or seven or eight yeah. or nine, right? Yeah, yeah you wouldn't sure. be here. Yeah, yeah. and I, I remember reading other people's success stories and thinking, gosh, why is it so easy for them? <laughs> why is it so easy for everybody else? And it's so hard for us, you know? But it's just so just it's just so worth not giving up because it will absolutely pay off. Yeah. yeah. Everything we ever put into the business has paid itself off for sure. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. proven to be worth it. So well, Brian and Jessica, you guys are flipping geniuses. Guys, leave a comment to them. <laughs> Brian, you and you and Jessica are flipping geniuses, and uh, yes. guys. <laughs>